man, this thing is getting out of hand, dude. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was pretty ridiculous. The whole thing is, dude, we knew. I said this to uh, the guys in Ireland. You know, We knew going in that we were going to get just absolutely railed for this. You know, but we figured if it was going to go to anybody else, it, it it should go to at least fans of the of the series, you know, instead of turning it over to anybody else. And I told them, I was like, nobody stuck a gun to my head for me to do this. You know, someone said, well, hey, it's just Troy Baker. He's just doing his job. And, you know, that's a, that's somewhat of the truth. But I mean, I still signed on for it. It's not like I had no idea what I was walking into. I knew that people it was going to be mixed with, you know, it was been I'm just focused on the game. That's all I care about. All of this other stuff is bullshit. I'm like, bingo. The guy hit a nail on the head. That's awesome. And it's kind of sad because I reached out to Guy and um, sent him a message. I was like, hey, man, I'm sure you're aware that the Internet's blowing up right now with this controversy. And I'd love to just, you know, sit down and talk with you about it. You know, not an interview, just a talk. And and I always want to go to the source and find out from you, you know, your actual thoughts, not through an interview, not through an article, not through comments, but just from you. And I still haven't heard anything back from him. I, I found out that he's, you know, already posted, you know, his comments and thoughts on the interview that was released, you know, but he hasn't come to me about it, which I think is sad. Um, and I've certainly never wanted to demonize him or, or villainize him at all. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think um, he's, you know, necessarily even done anything wrong. You know, I just think it's, he was right when he said it's just been a lack of communication. But the thing that I find really interesting is that he said that he never signed any kind of contract. I don't know. It was 10 years ago and I don't know how things were back then, but. Well, I mean, according to him, he said, you know, there was never any contract. There was never any agreement. But he said that based on the agreement that he had, he was, you know, entitled to residuals. And I'm, I mean, I've worked with Konami, man. That's not how Konami works. Konami owns you. Mm. You walk in and they own you in perpetuity. And we did Castlevania with them. I'm doing another game with them right now. And you sign contracts out the ass. You sign NDAs. You sign your life over to them and they own your performance. And I think that while the gaming industry was very different 10 years ago, obviously it wasn't business. Wasn't that different 10 years ago to where they would let anybody in any, in any game, whether it's a Japanese company, American company, you don't own your, the rights to anything that you do. You sign over your rights to them. It's their property. It's their intellectual property. So I don't know. I, I just think it's, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, a millionaire industrialist, venture capitalist, um, is is kind of in this position and i don't think that konami is you know blameless in this i don't think that there's really anything to do with blame it's just the nature of business it's just how unfortunately games are are done and anybody that caused dude if this same thing would happen to me if i cause static with anybody i don't care who you are you're replaceable they will find somebody else and that's just kind of the the nature of the beast it's not that you know somebody said you bend over and take it up the ass all the time. No, but you also understand that you're part of the process. And unfortunately with that a lot of times is that they're focused on, as they should be, they're focused on the game. They're focused on the gameplay. They're focused on the mechanics, how the engine's running, all of these other factors. And you're just one cog in a very big machine, which keeps you humble. 
the second that you think you're, you know, Hollywood actor on a big movie set, you've lost, dude. That's not the way these things work. So I don't know. It's a very precarious relationship from publisher to, to performer. It's, you know, but it's the way that it is. I feel bad uh, because he's he seems really nice. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. And his story is awesome. You know, the fact that he was just right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that's classic tale. I love that. And the the guy that did the translation, um, his name is escaping me right now, but um he talked about it. he said, you know, this guy came in and he said, you know, I'm I'm out of a job and um he said he was kind of mopey and that what James is kind of mopey, so it just made sense. Um, so I, I think that, I don't know, man, it's, it's really weird to, to say that, I guess, I mean, I've, I've been in situations before too, where, you know, someone is doing a different spin on my character and it kind of rubs you the wrong way a little bit, but I am all for, there, there was an instance, um, just recently where a, um, advertising agency wanted to do a national commercial for a video game for a TV show that I'm on and they were looking for a voice match for one of the characters in the show. And they were sending it out to all the agencies. And I called my buddy who's on the show and I was like, dude, are you aware that they're casting a voice match for you for a national commercial? He goes, no. I'm like, yeah, dude. I told my agent, I'm going to pass on this. I'm not going to go out for this. This needs to go to this guy. And luckily his agent contacted them and they thought that there was no way he, they were going to be able to get him. And he was like, hell yeah, do this spot. Yeah. And he got the gig. So I'm all for using the original people and making sure that people get their, their due, you know, and, and integrity. And it's just kind of in this, I think all of that is getting lost and, and a lot of ambiguity. How would you exactly get into video game voice acting? I, I say that I tripped backwards. Um, it's it's pretty funny because I I was in a band and I, we were doing our album at this great studio that also did uh, commercial work. And I just uh, same thing as guy. I'd be in the right place, right time. And they were looking for somebody, and I happened to fit the bill. And so I started doing car commercials. And um, one day when I was walking out of a job, in walks in Chris Sabat, and he played Vegeta in in DBZ. And uh, he hooked me into anime. And a buddy of mine was the audio lead over at Gearbox. And that's how I got the gig of uh, uh, Matt Baker and and, um, Brothers in Arms. And uh, then I did um, both Kagan and Severin in Blood Rain. I just started, you know, popping all these little roles in in games. And then one thing led to another. And I'm, I'm still just like shocked and looking over my shoulder every day, waiting for someone to go, all right, that's enough. <laughs> Sit down. You know, but I mean, right now for where games are at and where I'm at, something about what I do is resonating with gaming companies and, and just happens to fit in, in those kind of characters and those kind of stories. So it's the same thing. And it's always the always the adage, right place, right time. I've heard that before from a lot of voice actors. They just suddenly just fall into the role and they just end up loving the, the whole career. Yeah, and I think one thing that may set me apart a little bit is that um, I'm a gamer, you know, so I understand the environment that I'm operating in. And I understand it not only from a acting standpoint, but from a gamer standpoint. And I really want to understand how games are made and what it's like being on the development side and the production side. And I've directed, you know, uh, VO. I directed a lot of the pedestrians in Saints Row the Third and, um, and uh, also Tony Hawk. So 
you know, I, I've kind of got um, a pretty well-rounded approach to voice acting specifically in games and how games work, and which sometimes can be frustrating when you hit that moment on, you know, in a game where you're like, this is that part, dude, where the gamer's going to throw the controller and go, dude, why don't you just do this? Don't, don't let the bad guy sit there and talk. You know, why, why am I not shooting him? If I'm holding my gun right now, boom, game over onto the bonus round. That's all I want. So, you know, it can be a little frustrating, but it also gives me a little bit more insight to, you know, what my part in this is. I noticed that you uh, jammed out with Mary and Akira not too long ago. Dude, that was a banner day for me. We did it first for the um, – there was kind of a private press party that they did in San Francisco mm-hmm. for Shadows of the Damned, which Akira did the music for. And um, I, again, kind of stumbled into that gig because <laughs> – it's funny. I um, Mary Elizabeth is one of my dearest friends. I love her madly. And they were looking for someone to sing. You know, she's been doing the music with Akira for the last 10 years. And they were looking for a guy to come in and do uh, one song and then also do a duet for Shadows of the Damned. And so Mary brought me in. And um, Aki and I just immediately clicked and we fell into it and we started, you know, he was really open to my interpretation of the songs. And and so we did those songs. And then we found out that EA wanted to do uh, a live performance where we did those songs up in San Francisco. And so they said, well, come on up and, and play the songs. And I thought I was just going to come up and sing a song with Mary and do one solo. And I was going to drink the rest of the night. <laughs> and I found out the night before that I was playing bass, which I hadn't touched a bass in five years, man. So I'm cramming the night before going, oh, my God, what's this song? You know, And, and learning all of these songs. And we played in San Francisco. And as we were leaving, uh, the producer from Grasshopper goes, hey, man, first stop on the world tour. And we're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and they were they were serious. And we a couple months later, we went and played in front of 5000 people in Paris, you know, at Japan Expo in Paris. And that I mean, with Trip Fontaine, the band that I was in, we had some great shows. But honestly, sharing the stage, that stage with those players Akira especially was probably one of my all-time highs. That was just the fans were totally into it, and they love Akira. And Akira loves the fans, and he loves the music, and he loves Silent Hill, and it's just it oozes from him. And he's one of the coolest cats to hang out with. That was that was a hell of a show, man. A hell of a show. Sounds awesome. Feel bad because Akira somehow he just somehow he went away from the Silent Hill series. I'm not sure why what happened, but. It's kind of a unfortunate thing. Silent Hill is not the only kind of music that he does. He loves classical music, you know, and he was able to do some stuff with like, um, I can't remember which symphony it was, but he, you know, he, he really is kind of an avant-garde dude. And um, it's, it's not that he's gone away from it at all. It is still, he is that, he loves the music that he wrote for Silent Hill and, and um, he's incredibly proud of it. Um, so he's never moved away from it. He may just be doing other things. I think he might be in actually be doing the second uh, Silent Hill movie, which is gonna be amazing. If they actually oh my god! On there. I was watching the behind the scenes stuff. Tom Hewlett had some videos up, and they were showing the stuff that they were filming up in Canada. And I was like, ah, yeah, I can't, I wait. can't wait for it. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, might as well go to Catherine since that's the most recent game coming out. Yes. That you were in. Okay. Uh, what kind of mood and personality did you apply to get Vincent's voice? You know, it's really funny because, and a lot of people say. You know, and this this kind of goes with a lot of other games. People like do the voice of 
you know, Vincent, do the voice of Yuri Lowell, do the voice. And I was like, man, it's me. It's 430. <laughs> you know, it's just me talking. And I have such a great relationship with Atlas and I am, it's a blast. You can't even say to work with them because you don't work. You just kind of have fun with them and you create with them. And, you know, the first game that I did with them was Trauma Center, uh, New Blood, you know, four years ago, maybe now. And we've done several other times, Persona 4 we've done with them. And and so we've developed this relationship and, and I trust them and they trust me. And they are so passionate about the writing and telling a story and telling a story in an unusual way. Every game they do is is weird and it's very complex, very complex. And so what they do is they surround themselves with a team of people that that can facilitate what they want. And that goes from the director to the writers to the actors all the way down. And it's really very much of a team mentality. And so they gave me a lot of levity with, with Vincent. And we would sit and talk about certain scenes and certain lines um, to make sure, because, you know, with games, you're all recording separately. For the most part, mm-hmm. sometimes you get to record together. And so a lot of times I'm at a loss for what's what you like, you know, um, C. Catherine or K. Catherine or um, any of the other actors or, or characters, what their personal take on it was. So having them there to really explain to me, this is what our intention was and this is what they've done. Or they'd even play back some of the stuff and it was like we were having a conversation. Um, we thought we'd never finish the game because there was just so much dialogue. But fortunately, you know, we, we did. And when we the last session that I had, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> and I think what's funny is the last thing that we did was the uh, for the trailer, the big, long scream. Um, I think that was the last line that I recorded. Uh, so it was kind of a hell of a way to go out with that game. I noted as my, uh, one of my top things about the game, the acting just seemed so perfectly fluid. Like it was just conversations between just the group of guys just talking. It yeah. seemed, it came off so authentically. That's which I, I just loved about the game. And that, and honestly, man, that's an A-list cast, dude. I mean, it is from Laura Bailey to Michelle Ruff, Travis William, Yuri Lowenthal, Liam O'Brien. I mean, it, it was just amazing amazing the cast that they had for that and atlas appreciates their actors very much and we would just they they would really again gave me so much levity and let me just go off and the beauty of not being for most of it like 90 percent of the game not being married to any kind of sync to lip flaps mm-hmm. was incredibly liberating because that really gave us the the ability to kind of westernize it you know, and we were still, you know, we had to match the the face movements. You know, Vincent makes a lot of big mouth gestures and face gestures, and he re- he reacts big, 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 big. And so it was kind of sometimes a, a challenge to have that kind of a visual, but then underplay the the actual voice performance. So that was again, it wasn't hard; it was just fun. I like that a lot. Like it had like a Western dialogue, but it had a very anime feel in the background. So it was like yeah. two clashing things that just came off really awesome. It kind of reminded me of Bebop a little bit, mm. and the overall tone and the style and everything. So it was incredibly dark, but then there was a lot of, of fun moments and a lot of you know kind of typical anime moments to it as well. But it still was just I what what I loved is that I was surprised. I didn't want them to tell me. And we did the game pretty linearly, so we went day by day. And so I didn't realize, not to be a spoiler if you haven't played the game, but um, I didn't realize 
or the moment that I realized that C. Catherine was a figment of his imagination, that was the fight club moment. I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, you know? So I was just as surprised. And I loved that. I mean, I, I, there were times when I was completely lost in the plot. I had no idea what was going on. And I think that kind of played to the performance. Cause I was like, there, there was actually one scene where I was like, I am totally lost here. And I really was, I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> All right. So, did the story of Catherine hit home in any way? Do you have any crazy exes that have pro- probably been sucky buses that you didn't know about? Oh my God! Looking back, probably. <laughs> you know, I I think everybody has had that girlfriend. I think everybody is kind of in one way or another, whether it be you know you know ghost babies you know chasing through a pyramid of death in a, in a nightmare with sheep around him. Or if it's just been that conversation, the awkward conversation with the girlfriend who she wants to move on to the next level and you're not sure if you want to. And there's this other girl that you're like, you are really the picture of what I think I want. But then realizing that the girl you're with is really what you want. I think every guy or girl even, you know, flip the genders. I think everybody has been in that situation before. (laughs) And that's what I think makes Catherine specifically and other games that Alice has done resonate with people because it's real situations just in a very unreal package, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So do you want to move on to Silent Hill, the big thing? Everyone's like freaking out right now. Sure. Bring it on. All right. So how were you approached to play James? It was kind of, um, uh, you know, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn was the one that was going to direct and um, she came to me. She was like, so I've got a role for you. I don't know if you want to do it or not. I was like, oh, now I'm really interested. What What are you thinking? And she told me what it was. I'm like, first of all, I was excited because <clears throat> as a Silent Hill fan to find out that they were doing a re-release of two specifically, you know, um, excited me. And then it immediately sunk in. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to, <laughs> you know, take on the mantle of, of this role with I mean, that, that game, the performances, the very fact of how they did the game, for, forget about the actual specific performances, but the visual style and the subject nature, even after Silent Hill 1, you know, we'd already, done, we'd already seen Resident Evil and we'd already seen more of a realistic approach. Mm-hmm. And there were some other games, like some PC, early PC games that were, um, that were similar to that as well, to where it was real people in, in this situation. Um, it was iconic. You know, and so to to be offered the the opportunity to kind of do not a re envisioning of it, but to I don't even know the word because we didn't redo it necessarily, but to just kind of take on that role was really a challenge. And I read an, uh, an interview with um, um, Chris Pine, who you know was in Star Trek, and. See, people asked him the same thing of how did it feel to to take on the role of Captain Kirk? You know, did you did you study Shatner and did you feel like, you know, you had to pay homage to him? And he goes, no, I just really wanted to do Kirk. And that's all that I was focused on was the character, not anybody's specific portrayal of him. And that really struck home to me. And we've seen other people like uh, in X-Men First Class, Michael Fassbender said the same thing. He was like, I specifically just paid attention to the comics. I didn't want to do any kind of Ian McKellen, Magneto. I wanted to do Magneto. And I think when you do that, whether people accept it or not, whether people like it or not, people can hate it. At least you feel good about, you know, 
the way that you approached it. And I approached it as a fan and I approached it as someone who was serious about the role. And, you know, we just jumped headfirst into it. And there were moments where I was like, ah, it was frustrating as an actor because by nature of being two different people, my choices weren't guys' choices. And I would really want to do this. And obviously they weren't changing any of the animation. Um, so I had to kind of find a, a happy medium between that and the timing, you know, where we were locked to the timing of that. So there were some challenges with that. But my approach to the whole thing was coming in as a fan and coming in as someone who wanted to not do what Guy did, but just do James. That's all I cared about was just the character. So the dialogue is word for word, or is there going to be any like little freedom to reword things for like a more modern sounding sentence or something? No, uh, we didn't have. You know, it's, it's the same dialogue. Okay. Um, the only thing that we had, you know, maybe a little bit of of freedom is when it was an offline. You couldn't see, you know, James' face or Mary's face or Maria's face or Eddie or whatever to maybe take a little bit of different timing with stuff mm -hmm. um, or make things smaller as opposed to where they were big or do the, do the opposite, make things bigger when they were smaller. So, um, but we were still pretty limited to, to what the original was. And that was our whole focus was, was making sure that we maintain the integrity of, I mean, Silent Hill was, was successful without us. We don't need to make it better. We just wanted to do something that was maybe a little bit different and a different approach to it, just like the, the HD is. It's the same game. It's just presented in a little bit of a different package that's hopefully, you know, an improvement from a technology standpoint. It's an improvement. Um, we've had 10 years of technological advances, and now we're able to apply that to a game that hopefully will make it look better. It's like watching a movie that was released 10, 15 years ago on Blu-ray. You get to see stuff. I was watching Tommy Boy, of all things, in <laughs> okay? I'm serious. I never noticed that when Chris Farley and David Spade are driving down, you know, belting the, to the top of their lungs, um, don't you remember you told me a lot? They're both actually crying. There's tears streaming <laughs> down their face. I never noticed that before, and you can see that now with the HD. So, you know, it's that's the whole purpose of HD is – taking something that is um, just presented in a, in a clearer format that hopefully gives you a little bit of a different perspective. There's nothing different about the game. There's nothing different about uh, the story. There's nothing different about the gameplay. It's just trying to be prettier and trying to be more up-to-date. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people were worried about that because they're like, this is how it was originally. It's classic. You can't change it. And I sure. don't know. It's, it might be a little close-minded think that way but I'm, I'm open for the new voiceovers i i love the originals but they were dated they had some little faults with them because back then voice acting had a different standard than it does today so i'm, I'm well, not only that i find it interesting and i'm sure that someone's going to read this and and think that i'm bashing him but i'm not but you know someone said clearly they got second rate hack actors was their actual quote uh to do the voices and say what you want about me, but the rest of the cast, there's nobody on this that's second rate or a hack. These are professionals, and these are people that people have praised their works and sung you know, their, their accomplishments and accolades from the rooftops. So these are really, really seasoned professionals. 
And Guy, I, I, while I think he did a you know a great job and a very fitting job for that character, if you put him in any other role, I have no idea how he would do. But he wasn't an actor. Self-admittedly, he's not an actor. And again, he was just right place, right time. So if they want to say that they should have used better actors, they didn't use better actors to begin with. It's just what you know. It's just what you remember. And I think that we're most people are looking through this through the nostalgia filter. And it's hard to accept anything that's different, whether it's better or not. It doesn't matter. It's different, and they don't like it. There's a really strong force in the community like that. If something's different, something new, it's going to automatically get attacked. And I have, I have my point is just usually just to wait back and see how something actually is before thinking, oh, this is not Silent Hill. This is not how it's supposed to be. But there's and some who are going to attack it. And 60 seconds have been released. That's it. <laughs> you so know, and and two lines of mine, and and you know, four lines of Mary's and or Maria's, and and you know. Three lines of Eddie's have been released, and people are forming an opinion on that. I remember when Final Fantasy XIII, the trailer came out for that game. People blasted Snow. Blasted. Hated it. Hated it. And people still don't like it because it was not the typical that guy, that hero, that type character is not supposed to sound like that. He's supposed to sound big and powerful and caught, and he wasn't. He was just a dude. You know, and sometimes we kind of push the surfer bounds just a little bit more, which is, you know, it was just me having fun with the character. But when the meat of that character came out and when those scenes between either Sarah and I or Lightning and I came out, people were like, damn, this is actually there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of thought that that went into this. So I, I don't see how people can really tabulate an informed opinion over 60 seconds of a game that's going to be 10 to 12 hours of gameplay, you know? Yeah. Were those clips uh, mixed or anything? Is that the right word? Mixed that they add effects to it? They change the tempos or whatever? I don't think so, man. Like, you know, the, the popular one that everyone's talking about right now is the first one with Mary when it's through the, the home video, you know? Yeah. Um, the the mixers are, are pretty savvy people. So, of course, they're, they're going to... Um, they were just showing like, here's a rough of, of what we're looking at. So I'm sure all of the processing and everything else that's, that's going to be added that gave silent Hill, that feel of all those kind of ambient, you know, everything from the reverb to the volume, to the different effects and the treatments and everything. I'm sure they're going to be in there. They did it the first time. I don't know why they do. They wouldn't do it this time. All right. Uh, okay. So since you you were revealed as the new James, have you received any messages, anything from the fans yet? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, man. I I think I've either my I think my my personal or my fan page on Facebook has gotten more hits and and more dislikes and more friend removals since then. You know, I'm I'm Hitler to some people right now. And someone even said, you know, Troy Baker, a.k.a. the most hated person in the Silent Hill universe, you know, Ouch. and which is fine. And again, I'm totally open to that. I didn't get into this business for everyone to love me. You know, I if if I'm doing something that people either hate or love, then I must be doing something right, either either side of the fence, because that means I'm I'm resonating, you know, hate it. That's totally fine. When I played Frank Archer in Full Metal Alchemist, people hated me, hated me. But you're supposed to. You're supposed to hate that guy, you know. And I, all I really care about doing is is making being a part of a product that resonates with people. And if that means in the process that, you know, people hate me. That's totally fine. That's why, we, you know, I, I told the guys in Ireland, we don't live in a fascist state. You're, you're 
totally entitled to your opinion. And somebody messaged me the other day and he was like, dude, you know what? Take the criticism, live with it. I'm like, thank you so much, first of all, for sharing your thoughts. The fact that you can man up and, and send a message to me straight away and tell me how you feel, that's, that's being a man. That's standing up. And I respect that. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. You don't have to like me. I'm going to respect the fact that you even have an informed opinion. People that don't have an informed opinion, I don't have respect for. You know, when they say, you know, it sucks because it's stupid and I don't like it. Why? Oh, I don't know. I just hate it. I don't have any respect for that. But if you put thought into why you hate something, how can you not respect that? I don't know. I've seen a lot of that lately. Like uh, right now on the, on the website, Rely on Hoarder, we're getting comments and people are arguing about this or that. Who's due with the residuals? Is this the right thing to do to get new performances, keep the old? It's Right now it's a battle right now between fans. and sure. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but... All right, so what's your favorite Silent Hill instead of get away from that whole argument thing? Uh, I am a huge fan of two. That's what's so funny. I think that, you know, one was... Silent Hill 1 is what it is, you know, and introduced everybody, and I know people... It's kind of like Godfather. You know, Godfather is the classic, but Godfather 2 is the best one, <laughs> you know, and there was no 3. Um, so that's kind of my feel on it. And I, I think that... I, honestly, I, you know, I wasn't a fan of the first movie. I don't think it was in keeping at all with with the series. I think it was kind of a, a pretty far departure. But um, I like to, um, because of of what it was, um, because of the characters that it introduced. You know, I still have nightmares about nurses. I like shattered memories too, but a lot of it's because the music. Yeah, Shattered Memories and Origins and Silent Hill 3 have to be my favorite for the music. Yeah. I just love it. All right, I know you probably get this all the time being a voice actor, but would you say one line as you would if, if you were recording James right now? <laughs> I know it happens, but people ask me to do this. Well, I think that uh, this, this, specific lines, uh, this specific line is what everybody wants right now is, I just want an answer. That's what everybody wants. <laughs> You know, um, set me free. That was also, you know, pretty powerful scene too. So, um, saying the name Mary, uh, and Maria got, got kind of, you know, you, you got not tired of it, but you're like, Oh my God, how many times am I going to, are you Mary? Are you Maria? I don't get it. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything closing say to the fans who are clamoring right now about your performance? Absolutely. Um, Please know that, you know, in no way am I trying to demonize um, not only Guy, but anybody who has uh, who has an opinion. And um, again, I'm, I'm a fan and I, I'm a fellow nerd. So um, love it or hate it. And the best thing about this is that if you don't like the new version, um, you always have the original break out the PS2 baby and go to town. You know, that's one thing that, that is such a great, um, benefit of having this. You can have the new, or you can have the old, if you love the old play, the old, if you want to try the new, give it a try. And if you still hate it after that, you know, fine. At least you, at least you gave it a run. Um, and please nobody, you know, nobody hate guy, nobody, um, hate Konami, you know, everyone honestly is just trying to do the best they can to make a great game. That's all that we care about. Thanks for doing this. This is actually my first uh, interview over Skype talking to someone. And it's nice. kind of weird. I just finished playing Catherine after 20 hours, so this was kind of weird. But <laughs> thanks again. Cheers, man. No worries. All right. Have a good day. You too, man.